Well, good morning. Good morning. It is wonderful to have all of you here this morning. We will begin our service by singing the doxology together, and it is found in your red hymnal number 549. And the red hymnal number 549, the doxology. number 713. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they came together, and one of them, a teacher of the law, tried to trap him with a question. Teacher, he asked, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the most important commandment. The second most important commandment is like it. You must love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law of Moses and the teachings of the prophets depend on these two commandments. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 278. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Number 278. All hail the power of Jesus' name.
You know, before we go to the Lord in prayer, you know, we have things that occur to us, things that we see on the news that happen during the week that we get connected to, events in people's lives. And it's not that we don't care for other people or other events, but sometimes we feel a sense of personal connection with some of the events that take place around our world. And it is with sadness that when I saw the news that two marine helicopters, two 53s, collided with each other off, off of Hawaii, I could identify with flying on a 53 because I have flown on a 53 as a Navy chaplain. I could identify with the Marines because I teach and instruct, even to this day, Marines down at MCAS Yuma. And so when the names of the personnel came up today on the news in terms of who was missing, I looked through the list to see if I could recognize some of the names. And I did. And so when you have that personal connection and when we go to the Lord in prayer, we think of those things. We think of those things where we personally connect with certain events that have occurred in our city, in our state, in our country, and in our world. We identify with certain people and the things that they are going through. So when we have that sense of prayer, anytime we pray together, please think of those people that God has connected you with this week through those events, and we will pray for them together. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Our gracious God, we come before you just as we are, because God, that's all we have, all that we are right now in this present moment, all of our failings, all of the things that we struggle with, all the things in our lives that we just try to find a way through each day and we, we struggle with them. But God, we just thank you and praise you that corporately as a body of believers in your Son, Jesus Christ, that we can come and just pray to you about the events in our lives that you have connected us with the events that occur in the news that maybe we don't know the people individually, but we connect with who they are. We connect with their relationships that they have with other people. And God, you are calling to mind right now those connections as we come before you in prayer. And Lord, we lift up those connections. We lift up the sorrow that we are feeling right now. We lift up the loss that we are experiencing. We lift up the fact that in emotions, God, that we cry out and we lift up those people that you are calling to mind right now in prayer. We lift up our own needs and the needs of each and every one that is here to come and worship you, Lord. They have made a special effort because there's nothing that compels them to come other than their desire to come and worship you freely. And Lord, we ask that you would hear those prayers as well. Lord, we Think of the family that was down here earlier this morning praying for their son, for their brother that's up in ICU. Lord, we lift that family up to you in prayer right now. God, we think of the other patients throughout this medical center. And God, we just call out to you and we think of the employees that are here that they too have struggles and needs. And Lord, we lift them up to you in prayer right now. And God, we are so thankful that you give us this wonderful opportunity to worship and that we can be together in one spirit and in one accord. And we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, 
on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 111, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Number 111, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
Our scripture reading this morning is found in Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful for this time of worship that we've had, the times that we have read your scripture, the times that we have sung your hymns, the times that we have prayed together, the times collectively when each of us have sensed your presence in our lives here as we are worshiping. And God, I would ask that you would continue that presence in our lives as we all desire to draw closer to you and to make our relationships better with each other. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. So the last time I was here preaching with you, we were talking about the eight things to give up in 2016. And I talked about the first item, doubting yourself. Today we're going to talk about the second item on the list, negative thinking. The other items are fear of failure, criticizing yourself and others, negative self-talk, procrastination, fear of success, and people-pleasing. I was laughing when I read the word procrastination because I was going to say if we get to it. (laughs) But today I want to speak to you about negative thinking. I don't know whether we'll get the procrastination or not. We'll see how that works. But today I want to talk to you about about negative thinking. And for us to deal with negative thinking in our lives, and, and we all do it, we all believe that many times on a daily basis that the sky is falling, and we catastrophize everything that is taking place in our lives, that a lot of things that are taking place in our lives are not as worse as we believe them to be or that we think them to be. And so we do all of those things that create this environment of negative thinking. So as I was thinking about what to do to counteract the negative thinking, what to preach upon, the thing that came to mind is to deal with that negative thinking, to give that negative thinking up, is the fact that you and I need to have peace in our lives. And as I close all of our services, I talk about the peace that passes all understanding, be with you now and forevermore. Amen. And I truly mean that. Because we have to have that peace in our lives to to deal with that negative thinking. Then I also was thinking about the times in my life when I experienced that, if you will, spiritual and emotional peace, being somewhere at a certain place in time and all of those things that were taking place in my life for a brief moment was set aside and I was able to have true peace of mind. Two locations I think about when I think about peace of mind in terms of an actual physical location for me. One is where in Wisconsin, where I'm kind of sort of from, we used to have these spiritual retreats when I was in high school, and our youth group would go to this one cabin owned by a member of our church, and we would have this weekend spiritual retreat. And we did this all for several years. 
And there was a location as we drove out to the cabin, and it was a very isolated place that was in a farmer's field, if you could think about that with the corn that is there, that by this time in the, in the fall it has already turned uh, brown, and you can just have that sense of, of smell. And there was a place on the road, now this is not a good place to be hanging out, but there was a place on the road that it was just perfect. It was one of these kind of roads that you have when you go through a field that has its ups and downs. And there was this one location where I would just literally lay down, look up at the sky, and I'd hear the wind blowing through the corn, if you can picture that, through the cornfields. And I was down far enough where the wind didn't affect me, it would just actually blow over me, and I could look up at the sky and truly be at peace. That's location number one. The other place where I truly found peace in a physical presence is I was out on a sponsor. Do you know anybody in the Navy here? I was on the outside of the ship, usually where the smoking area is, if you know what I'm talking about. And I was an officer at the time, and of course the officers have their different sponsor that they go out and smoke on. And occasionally, uh, illegally at the time, we would smoke a Cuban cigar. You know, this is before we had relations with Cuba. You know, you're smiling in your lap and so you know what we're talking about. And so occasionally I would go out there and officers would be smoking their Cuban cigars and I would look up at the stars after they would leave and I would be out there by myself. And there's something about being on the ocean at night. Now, I don't know what it's like in the Atlantic. I spent a little time in the Atlantic, but in the Pacific, there's this sense of loneliness, but you don't feel alone because you have the stars in the sky with you. When there's a no moon, you know, when there's a no moon, when you just have the sky, the stars in the sky. So that was the second location that physically I can tell you where I found that sense of momentary peace. And I'm sure all of us have similar types of circumstances where we found peace in a specific moment. But the peace that the scriptures is talking about this morning to each and every one of us is the peace that we have when we are exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit of God in our lives to others. The peace that it gives us because we know that we're doing the right thing. And it doesn't mean that we don't have any problems. It doesn't mean that we don't experience any type of emotional or spiritual turmoil. But it is the result of a deeper relationship, a deeper commitment that we have with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Because when we exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, we are exhibiting what has already taken place in our lives first. Because it has to be this way. For me to exhibit the right kind of love, for me to exhibit the right type of compassion, for me to exhibit the right type of forgiveness, for me to exhibit the right type of mercy, for me to exhibit the right type of grace to others. It has to take place in my life first. Because God does want us to have peace. In the Old Testament, they refer to it as shalom. Peace, well-being, prosperity. Peace that 
comes with knowing God. Peace that gives you an order in terms of your life and the things that you're focused on and the priorities that you have. The peace that is God's gift. The peace that can never be enjoyed by the wicked. By those who do evil. By those who sin against God and against man. Those people could never find true peace. But within our own lives, we see that the peace around us seems to be a very fragile peace. The peace that the Scriptures is talking about this morning is a peace that is everlasting because it is being exhibited in our lives. And I say this on a regular basis, even though we don't get it right, the Scriptures tell us that we are to keep trying again and again and again. Because God never wants us to give up on showing and displaying the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And that's how we deal with, that's how we counteract the negative thinking in our lives that we all deal with. The things that don't make us as successful as we could be. And I'm not talking about the world standards of success. I'm not talking about the size of the savings you have in your bank account or how many stocks you own or the type of education you have in terms of how many degrees you have. But I'm talking about that sense of success in terms of your relationship with God that only truly matters. For you see, when it is all said and done, it is between you and God anyway. It doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter what other people say. It's between you and God anyway. It's not, it's not between them. It's between you and God. And that's where we can find that peace that truly does pass all understanding. That's where we can exhibit the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we have that peace, when we are able to share the fruits of the Spirit with others, then that negative thinking that we all deal with gets put in its proper perspective. I am not good enough. I am not good enough. I could never achieve this. I could never accomplish this. I could never be who I truly want to be. Because other people have told me that. Do you have that? Do you struggle with that? Do you struggle with those naysayers, as I call them? I've had naysayers in my life. And there are times, pridefully, not in spirit of truth, I'd like to tell them to, you know, put it where the sun don't shine. But you know what? I shouldn't have that kind of attitude. I've had naysayers in my life. And this is, as I tell you some of the things as we are spending time together, I have a GED. I only went as far as the 10th grade in high school. They kicked me out. 
They sent me to one of those high schools for, you know, people that they can't deal with. Incorrigibles, I think they, the word that they, they used to use on me. You guys are smiling, you're laughing, you know what I'm talking about. Well, you know, I do want to tell you, though, that I do have a Ph.D. today. But what I am saying is there have been people in our lives that have said that we would not amount to much. Or there were people in our lives where we felt or that they had goals for us and we didn't meet those goals and we feel that we let them down. But you know what? That's not what it's about. It's about our relationship with God. And whether I have a GED, whether I have no high school diploma whatsoever, or regardless of whether I have a PhD, it's about our relationship with God. It's about me and my relationship with God anyway. It's about your relationship with God anyway. But that's where we deal with the negative thinking. And if we think about the fruit of the Spirit that God wants us to use, God wants us to employ, God wants us to share together, all of those things, all of the naysayers, gets put in the proper perspective. Because you see, those people that we have a hard time dealing with in terms of those people that were the naysayers, those people that didn't give us the encouragement, those people that said that we were losers, that we wouldn't amount to much, we have to deal with that. We have to confront that as well. We have to forgive them. We have to love them. We have to exhibit the same fruits of the Spirit to them, even if it's not a physical presence, even within our own thoughts. You know what I'm talking about? Those intrusive thoughts that you have about people that have mistreated you wrongfully. But you know what? You still have to love them. You still have to forgive them. And that does not mean that you are acknowledging that their behavior to you that was wrong is right. You hear what I'm saying? We have a misconception about what forgiveness is, about what love is. And that if we love and forgive someone, we are saying that their treatment to us that was wrong is okay. No! That is not said anywhere in the Scriptures. God never approves of behavior that is wrong, even though He loves and He forgives. Think about yourself. Does He love you? Does He forgive you? Yes. Does He approve of everything that you and I have done in our lives? No. Does He still love and forgive us? Yes. And that's when we are exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And they don't have to know about it. Doesn't matter. It's between you and God anyway. It's the fruit of the Spirit that you exhibit. It's the fruit of the Spirit that you employ in your life. It's that peace with God that you have. That sense of spiritual order out of chaos. Now, I'm not talking about the spiritual order. So those of you that are, is it, I always get this wrong. What's the creative side? Left brain, right brain? Oh, right brain. Right brain. All right. If you're a right brain person like me, who's creative, and you hate words, discipline, order, all that kind of stuff, lists. I hate lists. 
But I find myself that in my life, for it to go work better, I have to have some order, right? So I'm a right-brained person. I am the artist. I do abstract art. I am creative. But the type of spiritual order that I am speaking of is things where they are in the proper perspective in terms of the amount of emotion, the amount of emotional energy that you pay to those things. Whether you're right brain or left brain, you understand that. Because those things that we focus on the most are those things that we are going to devote our emotional energy to. Why devote your emotional energy to those things that hurt you, to those things that have harmed you, to those things that are truly depriving you of who you can be in the eyes of God? That's the spiritual order that I'm addressing. That's the spiritual order that we need to have, where we put God first in our devotion to God, our worship of God, our emotions to God. And guess what? All of those things gets into the right priorities that they need to be. And then we find ourselves, as we are exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit in our life, that our wrongs seem to be getting less because we have the right type of attitude. Our decision-making process becomes better because we are focused on those things in our lives that bring about that loving relationship with God to others. And we find ourselves in situations we, we are no longer disobeying God when we are no longer disobeying others, when we are no longer disobeying the things in our lives that we do so consciously, out of anger, out of pride, out of jealousy, out of envy. Because you see, we're not doing those things anymore because we're exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And because of that, all of the things in our life get to that proper focus. And it doesn't mean that they don't get rearranged. It doesn't mean that they don't get mixed up. It doesn't mean that things do not happen to you. Because they will. But it gives us an opportunity to realize that within our own lives, when things get disorganized in our relationship with God, and I'm not talking about disorganization that you feel that you have to have this sense of order in everything. I'm not talking about anything that is formal. I am talking about the informal relationship that God administers to each and every one of us, just the way that we are, just the way that God has created us. He knows who you are as a person, and He wants to take you and show you that love because He wants you to internalize all of the things of God's blessing for you. And He wants you to show and demonstrate that to others. Because when we do that, what happens to us personally? We get better at it. If I show and demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit to others, they become internalized with me. They become a part of who you are when you do that. They become stronger. 
They give you that understanding. They give you more peace. Because you can feel it. You can sense it. You can see it. You can experience it. And maybe you can't explain it in terms of words. But you can explain it in terms of who you are with God. Walking with Him in spirit and in truth. And even though the lives that we live and the world around us seem to be in chaos, in disarray, in conflict, when we bring peace to ourselves, when we bring peace to others, eventually, if everybody follows the correct model, there will be peace within our world. Now granted, I know that you'll say that's not going to happen. That's impossible. But that's what God wants to do. That is God's plan. To bring peace to you through His Son, Jesus Christ. And you exhibit the fruits of the Spirit in your life to others. So now that what you have internalized becomes externalized and actually becomes stronger within you, and you begin to demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit and the peace that you've experienced to others, and guess what they begin to experience? Right? Peace. They begin to experience the same thing that you have already internalized, that it has become a part of your life. And then we see within our lives the order that God wants us to have the order that he wants us to live, the order that he wants us to experience, to understand that in all that we do and all that we say, we want to bring others to the peace that we have experienced, the truth that we have experienced, the things that we believe in about God that we trust in through faith. So that is the way we counteract those negative thoughts in our lives by endeavoring to make our goal each day to walk more and more with God and to walk closer and closer with God. Let us do so. Let us try to do so each day so we can have that peace that God wants us to have. Amen. Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion that we take together as a body of believers in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Gracious God, we do want to exhibit the fruits of your spirit in our lives to others. But God, we have failed. We have made mistakes. We haven't made a part of our lives the things that you want us to live by. God, we ask that you would forgive us and that you would love us. And God, in saying that, in doing that, we can sense your spirit in our lives that does bring that peace 
that we want to have. Thank you for forgiving us and loving us, not approving of our wrong behavior, but only demonstrating your love for us. And God, we thank you. In Christ's name, amen. from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Please turn with me in your hymnals to number 106. What a friend we have in Jesus.
Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful for this time that we have had. And Lord, help us to show the fruits of the Spirit in all that we do and all that we say that reflect our relationship with you. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for coming. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.